Yeah, so some good words from our, uh, our lead pastors the last couple of weeks about thriving of life in this sweet spot. Um, I'm Matt Bleckley. I'm the middle school director, and I have the opportunity to kind of bring you the word this morning. And, um, and this, this morning, I think this is a, a sweet day. It's a beautiful day for us to kind of engage one more, one more step, one, one progress point deeper into our faith and into what it means to thrive together. And I, I've noticed recently, I've, I've gone through a little bit of change in my life. Uh, and some of that change has helped point out some of my weaknesses. And part of that is that my wife and I just had our second child. Uh, her name's Eliana. And what's becoming more and more clear is that kids— and generally people in our life, but especially my kids, have helped me discover my personal weaknesses. Uh, yeah, and most, <clears throat> and this is my family, and based on this, most of you are probably distressed um, by the fact that I have a weakness of being an A's fan. This is so pervasive in my life that I was pretty adamant that when our daughter was born, we had to have her in Oakland so that she would have no excuse but to be raised in the misery of being an A's fan with me. Um, my family is such a blessing to me. It's actually really interesting that around family, and especially my extended family, they find it really easy to be very critical, right? We all have that in our life where, where we are surrounded occasionally by people we desperately want to love or kind of have to love, and they like to share some things that drive us a little bit crazy. They like to tell us some truths that we don't want to hear. Uh, and I've been told multiple times by family members, but also by strangers in not so lovingly ways, all the things I should have done better with my life, all the things that I should have done with my life that is incredible, that is so much better. And so I, I'm trying to figure out what, what is life, but uh, what is it like to thrive in the midst of my weaknesses, in the, weeks of, in the midst of things that I want to bring to the table, but I, I'm, I'm not sure about, and, and, and when I don't have the strength to continue on. And so that is what we're going to be talking about today. Before I go too far, though, let's open our hearts to what God has for us today. God, help us in our weaknesses. The things that we are burdened with today, allow us to release those to you this morning. God, be our strength. Guide us toward you. Open our eyes to life in the sweet spot. And God, allow our ears to hear and our hearts to be engaged with your word. Lord, not my words, but the things that you would speak through me in spite of my weaknesses and failures that you might be glorified. Amen. So life has pointed out a few things to, to me along the way. Uh, I don't always like to acknowledge my weaknesses, but people have had the courtesy of pushing my buttons to reveal some areas of growth. And so confession time. Uh, I am not really coordinated enough to be good at sports. I desperately love sports. I want to be so good. I watch Steph Curry and I'm like, look, the little man can do it. And I'm thinking, uh, I am clearly not anything close to what you are. Uh, I, I probably like ice cream a little bit too much. My, my dad told me I should cut back when I was in high school, and, and that helped me lose a little bit of weight, so that was good. But I, I don't like, 
I have a hard time getting over things sometimes when I'm hurt. Uh, middle schoolers like to tell me that my feet are a little bit too small. And yeah, I mean, we're middle schoolers. They, they like to point out that kind of stuff. Uh, as a dad, I really hate waking up early to the point where we got my son this little clock that turns green at 7 a.m. and basically tells him, don't you dare come wake us up before then. This morning, he woke up at 6.15 and I hear him rattling around in his room and making all kinds of noise, but he stayed in his room until that light turned green and that light turned green and he came out and I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you. I mean, I was able to have my time in the morning. I was able to do my thing. As, as a dad, I also don't always model the best things for my kids. Uh, and I actually had a, a student confess to me last week that they, on Sunday morning, were eating a bowl of cereal at home and spilt it on their mom's really nice fancy couch that they're not supposed to be eating on. And I realized, man, I'm totally the dad who likes to eat my snacks on the couch in front, of, in front of the TV or in front of a game or just to be comfortable. And it models awful behavior for my kid because he's going to be the kid who spills and does spill all the time on my couch. And we all in different ways have weaknesses and vices. As much as we kind of secretly judge other people when their issues get aired out for everybody to see. We all have these hidden weaknesses, these hidden things that we don't want anybody to know because we were, would be terrified if our people, if the people who loved us actually knew what was in our hearts, actually knew what's a part of us. And part of, it's the part of me that desperately cleans the kitchen every time my mom comes over, right? Because because I cannot handle my mom coming over one more time and cleaning my pots and my pans that have been sitting there for three days that I am so happy to just let be until I need to use them again sometimes. Because I know for her, a clean kitchen is the thing. It is the thing. I don't want her in, in everything to have a negative impression of me. Her son, who she's seen me at my worst with my dirty room all growing up. I don't want that for her. I want, I want her to see me at my best as the big grown-up big boy I am. And it's that part of our students that, that are stri striving to get A's in sixth grade, thinking that, oh my gosh, if I get one B, it's going to ruin my chance of going to the best university. And all I want to do is say, you're in sixth grade. They don't even look at those. Really? Come on. And this coming from the kid who was the president and treasurer of his 4-H club to make it look really good, but I didn't even have any animals, but I just, I just wanted it to look good and I didn't even use it on a college application. There is good reason that we are not perfect. And I hope today that you would be released from the burden of perfection. Your life should not be perfect. You have weaknesses, and there's a good reason why you have those. Paul, this guy in the Bible, is probably the second most influential person to Christianity there is. Some of you have probably heard of him. He, uh, he wrote a few things down, and he is an awful person. I, the more I read the Bible, the more I realize there are a ton of really awful people in the Bible. Let me tell you about Paul. Paul, he's an epic murderer of people who followed Jesus. He constantly pisses people off. He excommunicates a friend. And 
who, because the friend leaves him in the middle of a missionary journey, and he will not accept him back, even when other people close to him urge him to accept him back and to work, out for re- work towards reconciliation. This is a guy who is the standard bearer for the early church. He writes this letter to the people of Corinth. And Corinth is just a place. It's a place where there's this church. And so we're going to open it up and we're going to look at it. This is, if you have your phone or your Bible, you're more than welcome to turn 2 Corinthians chapter 12. That's big number 12, little number 7 from 2 Corinthians. Or you can follow along on the screen. It says this, In order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Now he basically admits that he's conceited. So not only all the things that we, out, from the outside perspective, see in him and can judge him for, he admits, he, he, he becomes conceited, so he is given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Paul it has an incredible response to what, Jesus, to what God tells him. When, when God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, Paul, almost knowing his character, you would, want, you would assume he would just kind of be like, Psh! but no, Paul has this incredible response. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, about my imperfections, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in the insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, Paul is in this journey of discovering how to live with his weaknesses. And the thing that he discovers in talking about life in the sweet spot is that God is the strength that breathes life. Over the last few weeks, we've, we've learned about the heart and the soul and the mind. And this morning, we are going to understand what it means to be our very best in relation to our strength. In fact, we're invited to put an end to the flabby because God is here to pump you up. (laughs) See, the story of life can feel as though our weaknesses are all there is sometimes. They can feel overwhelming or burdening or challenging to the point where we we cripple ourselves. But there is actually true hope in weaknesses. There is true hope. And Paul, this incredible person from the standpoint of the Bible, he simply, he single-handedly wrote a huge percentage of the New Testament. He he single-handedly writes all these letters that combine most of the stories that we have of life after Jesus. He is a mess, but he makes that incredible point. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. See, we're not alone. We're not alone. It is in our moments of weakness that God is most glorified. It is, in fact, at our worst that we have the opportunity to thrive most. 
God hopes that you would ask for help, that you would let him be your strength. We are not alone. It is out of our weaknesses, out of our hardships, out of our self-loathing that God can show himself to be the most faithful. You see, I, am, I thrive when my strength is from God. I thrive when my strength is from God. This is the truth of what we have learned, have to learn today, is that our strength not, doesn't come from things that I build in myself. It comes from God. And there's this incredibly consistent message about strength in the Bible. Over and over and almost every single time strength is talked about in the Bible, it is not something that you bring to the table. It, the Bible doesn't say time and time again, be strong, you can do it. Just lift more weights, you can do it. You can be better, work harder, have a better work ethic, make it happen. That's not what it says. Over and over, strength is something that God and God alone brings to the table. Over and over in scriptures, you are unique. You were given special strengths. You were given strengths by God. And the incredible part is he made you and your strengths are interrelated so tightly connected to who he made you to be. It is incredible when we realize that our strengths are a part of what God has that is best for us. Now, our strengths may be things that you kind of work on or refined or have struggled to understand why God would make you this way or with these things. They, they've caused some chafe, but strength is not necessarily something you work at. It's something that when God gives, it oozes out of you. It, it flows out. It overflows out of you. You cannot help but to do those things. You cannot help to thrive when your strength is from God because it comes out of you. It comes in and through you because it is part of the very nature in which you were created. Living life in the sweet spot is an invitation to live life at the best that God has for you. It is God's hope that you would thrive and that all things you do would ooze with your strength. God is not asking for you to lift the car up on your own. There's not just this, it's not, it's not a heavy burden that he's saying, good luck. He's saying, no, I'm going to give you the strengths you need. Strength is given from God. It's never something we must muster on our own. Now, the prophet Isaiah writes uh, as a reminder of the people of God, and it says, it says this, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired in, or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Those 
who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. God made you with strengths and gifts, and we can be faithful to God and put our hope in him. See, I thrive when my strength is from God. Um, God gives you your strengths. You are unique, and you were, you were and will be given special strengths continually and changingly that are connected to your very being. Now, there's this character in the Bible who is simply incredible. He is the amalgamation of dedication to God and self-serving use of his blessings. Uh, His story is crazy because simply he is a weird character. He's just a weird character. Um, Can you guys help me out with the, the slide, the little boy? Uh, his story is crazy, and, and if you want to read it a little bit more, uh, he, he, is, he is this, it's from Judges 13, and it's this guy named Samson. Now, some of you may have heard about Samson from childhood stories, but he is this connection of dedication to God and self-serving use of his blessings. And and his deal is that he was from a barren, he was born to a barren mother who, who promised God that he would be a part of God's plan, that she would dedicate him to God if she would only give her a son. And so he, he's born and God blesses him with incredible strength. And as a result of this incredible strength, he is also has this sign that he is not supposed to let a razor touch his head. And so Samson eventually becomes this, prote- this protector of Israel, but he has this vice. He has this weakness for beautiful Philistine women, which is a problem. It's a downfall for him because the Philistines are constantly trying to capture him and subdue him and, because he, he's the powerful person of Israel. And eventually, over time, there's this woman named Delilah who wears him down to telling her his secret, and she betrays him. She cuts his hair off, and the Philistines come in, and they capture him. They take him away, and, and his strength is gone because of his hair being cut. And there are times when who you are and the things that ooze out of you can go to your head. Now, Samson uses his strengths Right? He does all kinds of things. If you read this story, he does all kinds of things to protect the people of God. But at the same time, he, he loses sight of that. He loses sight of those things at times because he's so focused on, on his own desires, on his own wishes, on his own wants. See, I thrive when my strength is from God. Samson is granted great strength with no match. The minute we forget what God has given is the moment when we are crushed. It's the moment when we think we can control things in our lives. It's the moment we wither. And God takes joy in giving us strength when we ask. Our strengths are not ours. You might think that your ability with numbers or math or 
or spelling or selling or writing or creativity or design or teaching or scientific or medical understanding are your strengths to use. But in reality, they are God's strengths that he has blessed you with. He has built and developed them in you. Now, my son, Joshua, he's two, and he's doing everything he can to figure life out. And at this point, he is possessive, and he badly wants to do things all on his own. And every morning he wakes up, and the first word out of his mouth is banana? Banana? My son loves bananas. Now, he goes through so many bananas, and we go through so many bananas in our house that we rarely have fully ripe bananas. They're often green. So I I get a banana for him, and if I notice it's a little too green, and I decide, oh, I'm going to help him out today, and I open it for him, and I hand it to him, he melts into a puddle that says, no peel, I do, daddy, I do, daddy. So every morning, not this morning, I forgot this morning. So every morning, I get up and ask my son, do you want me to open the banana, or do you want to open the banana? And he, every morning, says, I do. I peel. And I hand him the banana, and I watch as he struggles to do something that I could do so easily, that I could be the strength for, something that he doesn't have the strength to do. My son determined, and when he begins to realize he cannot do it, that this is not the day for him, he begins to moan and to whine and to whimper because he wants so badly to. And to which I I usually reply, do you need help? And he hands me the banana and says, help daddy peel. In life, I wither when I do it by myself. It is in the moments of weakness when we turn to God, where he can bring the strength, either give us the strength ourselves to do it, or do it for us, or build in us the strength, or that is when we thrive. I wither when I do it myself. You know, God hopes that you ask for help so he can provide the strength to you. I might get through. I might get through. But it will be painful and challenging. Sometimes we have to build strength. And every day I hand my son the banana, hoping that today is the day he has the strength to open it. And every once in a while, he breaks, he breaks open the top of the man- banana and he looks at me with the joy that fills his heart that says, look, I did it today. How much more does our Father hope to see those strengths in us? But he is there and hoping that we ask for help when we can't. Now, like Samson, sometimes we use our strengths for the wrong things, And we go it alone. In the end, Samson, he has his hair begin to regrow. And in his very last moment in captivity with the Philistines, he turns to God and he says, God, give me the strength one last time. And he does. And he knocks down the temple of the Philistines with his bare hands. God gives us strength. He made us with a purpose. He genuinely wants what is best for each of us. And when we go to God, he builds in us the strength. So here's what we've learned so far. We are all weak, 
and we thrive when our strength comes from God. But thriving does not end at the point of receiving strength. It invites us, actually, to a higher calling. Simply being strong is not enough. You have to do something with the strength that you are given. You have to live it out. This is why unused potential is so disappointing, because you see the strengths and the abilities in somebody, and you just want them to use those strengths and abilities. The story of God, life in the sweet spot, And recognizing our strengths invites us into something deeper, a deeper satisfaction, a deeper sense of purpose. And what I seem to forget too often, and I believe we all forget, is that God actually wants what's best for us. He desperately wants us to live into all of the ways that he has made us. God, the creator, the ultimate purpose giver, is actually a God who is a God who gives strength. You see, not only do I thrive when my strength is from God, but I thrive when it is used for God. I thrive when my strength is for God and when it is used for God. Scripture is clear that you are not alone. This is not something you have to accomplish by your own strength. This is why the news of Jesus is so incredible. It's the thing that makes Christianity unique among every religion in the world. It is simply that within the framework of the gospel of Jesus, you cannot do it alone. Jesus does it for you. You are not perfect. You cannot accomplish it. You cannot attain perfection. Following Jesus is simply an invitation into relationship with the God who created you, who gave you strengths and invites you into relationship with him for eternity. Not because you're such an incredible self-made individual, but because he has made you the very best. This is even more true, like with Paul, when you realize you're weak and you cannot do it alone. God gives gifts that are very much in line with who you are. The things you are passionate about are to be celebrated. So celebrate your muchness. In what Christians call the greatest commandment, there's this implication that there is nothing more important than loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I think most pastors, and and us included, would, would echo that. That is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I've been known, been known to confuse the term strength with my physical strength and personal energy. But what is actually being commanded, what is actually being asked, is that you would love God out of your muchness, out of the very things you are, out of the things that ooze out of you. The word in Hebrew Jesus refers to in this is translated strength only twice in the Bible. It shows up hundreds of times in the Bible, but it's only translated strength twice. And it's the word ma'od. And ma'od simply means very, very like very good, same way. They use it the same way, very. It is the word that God uniquely speaks over Adam and Eve at creation. He doesn't call them good. He calls them tov ma'od, very good. Very. Call 
He calls them very good. The greatest commandment begs us to love God out of our verity, out of our muchness, out of the things that are the deepest part of your identity. I thrive when my strength is from God and when it is used for God. God gives me and I give back to him. I am at my very best when I recognize and use my strengths for the things that God is about. Life in the sweet spot is about leveraging all of the things that you are, giving all that you are toward what God is about. Because God is good and he made you and he made you to overflow with amazing things. When we use our strengths for the creator toward his purpose, that is where we thrive. Because who can use us better with more success and with more joy than the one who created you and gave you strength in the first place? Well, I still have my weaknesses. I'm invited to use my strength to give what I can over to God what I can't control, to give, to give everything to him. And in my life, I have some strengths. So I shared my weaknesses. Here's my strengths. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at being intentional and self-reflective. I'm a planner. I'm an organizer. I'm a structure person. I like when little pieces fit together. I like finishing the puzzle and having a strategy to get there. Uh, I try to be somebody who learns and to help my kids learn. Uh, I get energy and joy from seeing other people have joy. And I love doing what makes them joyful. Uh, but how am I using my strengths? Am I using my strengths for my own personal wealth? Or am I using them for, for social justice, for setting captives free, for being about the things that God is about? Am I using my strengths uh, to have a strong family and strong kids? Am I using my strengths for the kingdom of God, for what God has done, for what God is about? Am I, doing, am I using my strengths for my own recognition or reward? Now, it's Memorial Day weekend, and the highest honor the military gives out is the Medal of Honor. And the Medal of Honor is not an award for the strongest person. It is actually an award given to somebody who best lives out the strengths and ideals and the things that they were called to. It's not for the strongest. It's not for the most gifted. It's not for the most talented. It's for the person who lives it out the best. I thrive when my strength is from God and when it is used to the best, to exactly what God calls me to. He's inviting you into life that is the very best. So as we kind of close our time today, I have a question for you for this week. And I hope that you can be reflective about this and, and kind of see whether you are using your strengths for God. And it's simply this. How is your strength, your very self, your muchness being used for God's kingdom? And that's not easy, right? We, we don't really always know and understand what God's kingdom is and, and how that looks. You know, is it, is it you helping out in student ministry because Ben really needs all the help and support he can get? Or is it 
loving kids downstairs or is it having a Hamilton mentor or is it, we, we create all these places for you to serve. Is it part of the worship team? How are you using your strengths to best be a part of what God is doing here in your life, in your workplace? How are you using your strengths to be about what God is about rather than about your own personal gain? So no matter where you are today, if your life is overwhelming you, if you are, fill, are as filled with joy and satisfaction, God is inviting you to thrive. Life in the sweet spot takes place when we allow God to be our strength. When we use what comes out of us to be about the things that he is about. I have one last scripture I want to share with you and then a blessing as we go. This is from Philippians, another letter that Paul wrote. And it says this, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation. Wow, he's got it figured out. Let's figure it out. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, you can do all things through him who gives you strength. That is the secret. That is the secret sauce. You can do all things. So rise as I give you this blessing and as we go today. May the Lord take you from all resistance to his will. May he give you the fullness of his life and the sufficiency of his practical daily help. May the Lord send you during this week to come to those he can only serve through your unique experiences and your very special abilities. May the Lord bring us together even when we are apart and as we learn to be supportive of one another in prayers and in our service. May God be your strength. May you use your strength for him. May you thrive. Go with God.